Do you wanna get started with video marketing or take your video marketing to the next level? You're already doing it, but you're just not getting the views or conversions that you hoped for. Ken Okazaki shows up today. Ken is a video marketer, producer, director, business strategist. This year, he's moved from being behind the camera to in front of the camera. He's got some great tips to share with us today on episode 173, Ken Shows Up. Showing up is half the battle, but showing up is easier some days than others. Dailyshowup.com is a podcast, a live stream, reminding you to show up, how to show up and why it's important to keep showing up. And now, your host, Narin Persinger. So with me is Ken. Ken, where are you in the world today? Hey, good thing you asked. Uh, Tokyo, Japan. Uh, a lot of people think I'm American or Canadian because of my accent, but I am Japanese, born and raised in Japan. Born and raised in Japan. And so, 100%. So you are, the, the reason why I'm excited to have you on this with me is um, I want to get your background a little bit and how this year's impacted you. But here's what I like about what you're doing. I see some people talk video in regards to strategy, right? Like get on camera and post it and do this. And then there's some other people that will talk the gear and the geek stuff. But you seem to talk both. And I really appreciate that about you, that you bring those two worlds together. So what is your your background? Well, you know, I think, you know, I've already, already given away half of it. You know, there's... Uh... There's, I'm, I'm Japanese. It's in my genetics to always want cameras around me. <laughs> well, uh, that's a bit of a joke, but, um, you know, when I got into video, I think that, uh, you know, th this iteration of my business got started because uh, the previous business I owned, I was, uh, we were running large scale business events in Japan. And every month we'd bring several thousand people together into a room. I'd bring some of the the world's most famous speakers, which you've probably heard of, and I'd hire them. I'd pack out a, a business conference in Japan, and uh, I'd sell the event. That was my business, and I found that as I was doing that, the the most effective form of marketing was using video, and specifically video on social media. And what happened was, you know, a few years into that business, I realized that I didn't love it. You know, it was just it was a uh, it was something I was chasing, but when I reached the top, we were running the biggest events in Japan. I realized I didn't want to continue with that. So I shut down that business. But the one part of the business I kept was the marketing, uh, the marketing part. And specifically, I went, decided to niche way down into video marketing. And then I started my agency and I approached some of the speakers who had been my, my guests and asked them uh, if they'd like to hire me to start filling up their rooms all over the world by doing video marketing. So I think that uh, I started the business because I saw it made a lot of business sense. And I really fell in love with the business because of it's really an art. And because of that, I put a lot into it uh, as far as you know, self-education, hiring the right people, and uh, just, just loving what video can do. So you didn't your background was in video. You didn't go to film school or anything like that. Well, before that business, I was a hobbyist. I, I okay. had some jobs working in studios. I, I ha always had cameras with me. Um, and I, I made a few short films just for fun, some family trips and stuff. But professionally, no. I, mm. It was just 
uh, I professionally didn't run a business. I did have a couple of gigs working in other video studios. But uh, so, so I knew a bit about the industry before I, I went into my, uh, my main business. So my Sorry, take the, the seminar business. My takeaway from that is you don't have to go to film school or have a background in photography or understanding lightings or scenes. I guess that's probably why you bring so much strategy also into it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that it will help, but I found that, you know, I, I do coach people into getting leads and sales with video. That's that's the one of the programs I, I run. But I find that the people who have the hardest time just pumping out consistent content daily to get leads and sales are the people who've been to film school or who have a more traditional education in video. They're so married to the aesthetics and the process that they're unwilling to learn enough of it to just do what makes money, which is if you're, if you're in video marketing, you need to do what makes money, not necessarily what's going to make you look more glamorous or win you whatever Oscar award that you're, you're fantasizing about, you know, 20 years down the line or whatever, but it's, the, the path, those two paths, they diverge pretty quickly when you do video marketing. So you just got to be clear on what your priority is and yeah. then make the tough decisions to to cut the things that aren't going to, you know, be bring you closer to making that money quicker. So I'm not a film person, but I, I, I do have a romantic idea about how I want my videos to look. And I didn't start using uh, titles until you and you pushed that so hard about making sure that the the top and the that you have the transcription, the captions in there. Cause I, I didn't like the look of it. So I didn't want, I, I didn't either. I, I hated it. I, the first time I saw, you know, marketers doing that Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff, I thought that, that looks so ugly. I would never do that. And then once I tested it, I, I, I put out two videos, one that was just like this and one with, you know, this, this kind of cheesy square, like, you know, square videos in, in film, right? Like, what is that? But I think we got like a eight and a half times higher engagement and conversion on the video that had the titles. So that's when I had to make one of those decisions. What do I want to look good or do I want to, uh, do I want to do good? <laughs> like performance wise. That's a tough question. All right. So, um, I have interesting people that I get to talk to on here that do interesting things. So do, do you have kids? I do. Okay. So I do have kids. The question I have for you is when you are hanging out with your kids, friends, parents, how, when they ask you what you do, how mm -hmm. do you respond to that? I'm a drug dealer. Okay. <laughs> and then that gets them to listen to what I have to say yeah. next. Oh, well, that's probably easier to understand than I do this video marketing coaching strategy for online entrepreneurs. Yeah. So when I say I'm a drug dealer, then they say that they usually do this, you know, they step back a second, they cock their head and they, they're wondering like, should I be hanging out with this guy? And, and if they're willing to listen, I'll say, look, here's the thing, social media, all social media, they're, the, the game they're playing is this, they're, they are farms for people's time. They, you know, how farm has a crop, right? You could, you could have corn, you could, you know, have wheat, you could have apples, or you could harvest time. So Social media, they attract people in there and the longer they stay, the more time they harvest and then they can sell that time to advertisers. That's the business model. So if you are playing that game on social media, you got to understand that every time someone comes to you and watches your video, they are paying units of time. These are actually monetary units because that time is 
then sold to advertisers. So the time they spend on the platform gets sold to advertisers. If you are promoting something or, or even existing on social media, they are paying you units of time. And your job is to pay them in return with little dopamine hits because it's the dopamine hits that keep people coming back. And that's where the drug part comes in. There's this transaction that happens with every single minute. And if you are, are taking people's time, but not giving them a dopamine hit in return, two things are going to happen. They're not going to come back, right? Or if you trick them in with, you know, with a title that was uh, a, little, a little bit of an overstatement and they pay you time, but you disappoint them, they might even call the, you know, the police, which is the Facebook guys and say, this guy's a scam or whatever. So that that's when you realize if there's a transactional nature about uh, social media that if you're going to be successful, you have to think of it as transactional. You give the dopamine hits, they give you time, this economy starts working, and then you can start giving them higher and higher grades of your product with things like coaching, with things like done for you services or or courses. So the with every single video I make, the, the first thing that I've got to ask myself is, how much dopamine can I release into their bloodstream with the information I'm going to give them? And the easiest way to think about it is aha moments. Mm -hmm. Every time someone has an aha moment, that literally that phrase, give someone an aha moment, is the dopamine hit being released. A little bit of that valve being, you know, a drop of that, uh, that drug being released into your, your bloodstream because they had an aha moment. So that's, that's what I do. So when the pandemic hit the yeah. in the beginning of this year, what were you doing and how did you how did that change how you show up in your business and what you do? You know, everything changed. The right now I am well, let's let's rewind to uh February, March, you know, 2020. And I was traveling like crazy. I was actually on like a, a six country world tour to visit my clients. Uh, I, it was, uh, let's see, UK, Singapore, Australia, US, in the US, there's three different cities, then Dublin, and, and back to Japan. And it was, what I did was, I have a program called 52 and 2, where we actually plan out an entire year's worth of weekly high quality content for my celebrity clients. And we rent a luxury location and we shoot 52 videos that are really high quality content in two days. And that's going to go out to their social media channels and then get repurposed into everything. So you can imagine it's a pretty big operation. We do everything from planning that content, uh, renting the, the location, building eight sets on every single one. And then I've got local crews who meet me there. I direct the shoots and I just go to the next, to the next, to the next. That was my model. Obviously, that amount of travel was not going to be consistent with the restrictions that COVID put on all of us. So immediately, uh, my cash flow dried up. And on top of it, most of my clients, well, yeah, more than half of them, are in the large-scale events space. So a couple of them actually went bankrupt because they had put out money for 18 months. They had to lay off all their staff. They're out of business. So obviously, that trickled down to me really fast. Uh, so I'm back in Japan. Thankfully, I got stuck in Japan, not somewhere else, so I could be with my family. But um, when they... The first thing that happened was uh, I thought, well, you know, let's write this out. So I just told my team, you know, like, don't worry, your salary is not going to be affected. We're going to keep going. Um, about two months in, 
it started getting a bit more scary. And that's, you probably had this, everybody probably had this moment. If you're a business owner, you realize come April, March, you're like, holy, you know, moly, this is not going to just be a, a flu season. This is different, right? And then I realized that uh, I got to make a change. So that's about the time when I took all the stuff that I was using to help my clients succeed and doing it for them. And I realized, hey, what if I take all these tools and turn it around and use it on myself? Like kind of use myself as a guinea pig. I was unknown publicly. You know, within certain circles, I was known as the guy who could get the videos done and get them to perform. And it was, and I wasn't advertising. It was just within the circles of uh, these, you know, the, the highest end speakers in the world. So uh, I did this experiment. I turned around all those strategies, put them into a course, and I used the, what was in the course to actually sell the course. And uh, first month was zero. <laughs> I got nowhere with it, but I kept refining the process. And you know, there's this snowball effect. The more content you create, the better you get at performing, and the more familiar you become also the platforms, they, the algorithms start recognizing you as a regular and they'll start rewarding you. So through that process, uh, I think on the second month, we were doing about $40,000 from that. And then, you know, it's, it's just steadily climbed since then. And it right now it takes me about 10 minutes a day, five, five days a week, plus uh, one hour of actual delivery time. Uh, for this coach coaching program that I have so it's it's a very uh you know once you get the ball rolling it can work really well but uh that's that was the main shift I shifted to supplement my income was uh was to build out the course and then secondly while the course was starting to be able to help with the bills to run the company mm -hmm. I revamped my entire agency so now we uh instead of flying around the world me being kind of the in the middle of everything, I've I've changed the models so that we help them produce uh, stuff. We build out their home studios for them remotely, and so then used to do done for you, and now you're doing done. With well, you, now, now I've got two things going. I've got the the do it yourself, which is the well done with you, which is coaching plus course, mm -hmm. and uh, there's also done for you, which is helping people set up their home studios with all the, the gadgets and everything you want and also editing and repurposing all their videos that are created in a home studio. So it's a, it's a remote thing now and it's a ongoing regular monthly service that so, we provide as an agency. Um, you moved from behind the camera to in front of the camera this year. Yeah. Let, let's plug your Facebook group. Cause that's how I got connected with you. And I think there was maybe 400 members when I joined and what are you at now? I don't know, 1,100 or 1,200 or something like that. Let's see. <laughs> and so I want to plug that Facebook group right now since we're talking about that. But yeah. also in case we don't get to this uh, in this episode, you talk a lot about like setting up the room, setting up your Zoom room, the minimal viable Zoom room mm -hmm. type thing, and that's in that group. So if we don't get to it in this episode, I want people to be able to go there and check that sure. out. So how do the people? So you're going to drop a link in here, or do I need to tell you? Yeah, you you verbally say it for the podcast, but I'll yeah. put something up on the video. So it's www.getleadswithvideo.com, and that'll redirect you into my free Facebook group. Perfect. So all right, let's talk about gear a little bit. 
Sure. Happy to talk gear. Let's start with you. What do you typically shoot in when you're doing your on-site stuff versus now? Like, what is your setup? What camera and mic are you using right now? Okay, so right now, uh, I intentionally used, what I use in this room is intentionally set to be below $1,000 because I want to be able to to say to anybody who thinks it's so crazy expensive to get started that everything I'm using is less than a thousand if you add it all up, uh, excluding the computer, uh, of course. Um, so let's talk about what's here. Uh, I've got right here, it's a Sony A5100. That'll get you to around 350-ish dollars. I don't know, the price kind of fluctuates. It started at 500, it's like a four-year-old camera now. Uh, I use that as a webcam. Uh, I use the, the kit lens, which is, uh, how technical do you want to get? <laughs> Not super technical, because this will be for the newbies, you know? Okay, so it's just a kit lens. It comes, it's, if you look up Sony A5100, that's going to run you somewhere between three and $400. Now, this here is, uh, I guess you can't see it. There we go. That is a blue Yeti mic. I think it's anywhere from 100 to $200, depending on if you want to get the very latest one from this year or the one from a couple years ago. I, I don't really notice a difference in the quality, but uh, yeah. Now I got three lights. The lights are about between, I found them on Amazon from anywhere from 30 to, to $70 maybe per light. Uh, key light, it's, uh, the brand is Yong Nuo, which is a, a Chinese brand. Uh, I've got a fill light here, which is also Yang Newell. And then behind me, I've got what's called a backlight, which just kind of gives this nice blue, bluish glow, separates me from the background. So that's the, the actual video setup you're seeing in front of you right now. And, and how much does that cost all in? Uh, if you include the camera, and this is going to fluctuate depending on what country you're in, but mm -hmm. probably between $700 and $900. Uh, U.S. for just for rough reference there. Yeah, not and not a bad setup. And what I would recommend is uh, start with your mic and your lights. If you don't have a ton of budget, start there because you can grow into the other stuff and add the camera later. But the mic and the lights is probably the most important thing to start with. Yeah, take I'd, I'd agree. I, I'd say start with one light and one microphone, and with. Let me just show you what this looks like here. Uh, this is kind of fun. So this is a little bit overly dramatic, but if you've got one light that is gonna be 45 degrees to your left and 45 degrees up, where I'm literally touching it with my hand right now, it's, it's gonna be enough so that it looks okay, right? Now, this is running at about 100% power. That's called the key light. Now, if I were to go and turn on the fill light, then my face looks a bit more even. And the light that most people don't notice is the one that comes from behind, right above, sitting on that bookshelf right there. But uh, that just shines on my shoulders there, and it gives this nice bluish glow. You could be any color you like. Uh, so the, the lights you buy should be in order of that priority. Key light, that could be a floor lamp. It's fine. Uh, fill light, it's just on 45 degrees on the other side. And then, uh, uh, what's it called? Backlight, or, you know, people have different names for that. So... And the microphone, it depends. If, if you're going to do a lot of walking around and moving, you might want to get a clip on like a lav mic. If you're going to sit down like I do, where you're going to be in the same place, then something on a mic stand is fine too. Let's go to uh, more experienced 
people then? Sure. What about strategy? So I got some gear. I'm willing to make videos. How do I get what what how do I make sure that it gets seen, that it gets watched? I guess first that people actually see it, and then what can I do to have attention that people actually watch it all the way through? Sure. So there's you know, there's there's five steps in getting people to to number one. Well, let, let's just look at it this way. Um, I'm gonna see if I could fit this in my screen here, right? Oops, that's a little bit too high. I'm gonna scoot over here, right? Uh, see, is that fitting in there? No. Sorry. Okay. We're good. Okay, I'm gonna draw right around here. Yep. So if we were to look at the typical inverted triangle funnel, right? Then we're to divide this up into five stages. The very first stage right here is is titles. Because if you think about it, if someone doesn't know who you are yet, if you're not famous yet, then the thing that's gonna stop them is not your face, it's gonna be the title. And they're gonna think, is this relevant to me, right? And if you don't have a good title, then you're gonna get scrolled away along with the 69,000 other pages that people scroll through every single year. So titles, write the titles even before you plan the content. And if your title is good enough for them to keep watching, then you need a great structure where we have something called Hilda, which is a framework that I use. And I'll, if you go into my group, I'll explain this more in depth, but it's a framework for the sequence of how to say what's in your videos, how to hook them in and get them to watch to the end. Now. If you get them to watch the end, then you need to have a reason for them to engage with you. And the A there in Hilda, by the way, stands for ask, and the H stands for hook. And what goes in between, if you go join my group, I, I break that down for you. But after, what are you gonna ask them for? And this is where you wanna offer something called the missing link. And where we actually work through helping people generate something that the viewer never knew they always needed. And this is where you want to combine something that is an aha moment, gives them a dopamine hit, and uh, generates some FOMO. Like if they don't, they you give them some information that makes them realize that they never knew they always needed this. And if you do that effectively, then they will engage with you in a very specific way that you ask them to. And then you transition into something called the smooth segue, which is a flow chart approach to having a chat conversation responding to someone, not reaching out to someone, but responding to people who engage with you so that you can uh, get them booked into either a sale right there by chat or uh, get them into a sales call where you can uh, present, well, you know, the selling part I'm not gonna get into, but a situation where you can have an appointment with them and find out if you're a good fit and wanna continue working together in some respect. So this is the, the order you gotta think about making video. And the reason why it's got to be broken down like this is a lot of people, if, if video doesn't work well, you put something out, it kind of flops, then what do you do? You go just shoot another one and shoot another one, try to be more energetic or try some other colors. Mm. But if you look at it with, with this approach, then you can strategically pinpoint where the problem is. If the view count is low, you know that the title needs to be improved. You could do the same video and stick a better title on it. Mm -hmm. If the view count is high, but then you see this, this engagement graph where it just drops off like a cliff, you know, you've seen these right on Facebook, then you need to work on the structure. How can you hook them in better and how can you keep them engaged throughout the video? Now, if you see that the video, that the, the, the views are high, the engagement is high, but there's, sorry, 
the views are high and the length, the minutes view is high, but the engagement is low, then you got to create a more compelling missing link, right? And if you, if you get people to engage, but you're not getting them into conversations, then you got to look at your flow chart. What's the actual conversational flow chart? Where is it breaking down? Tweak that flow chart because you can see within the flow chart, which you're going to create for yourself, which pretty much just looks, you know, it's, it's just a, a big tree of, of, of uh, words and text that you're going to take people through to finally get them to make a decision that whether they're going to pay you money or they're out, they're not a good fit, right? So you can see exactly where along this process is it breaking down and how can you fix that? So that when you break it down into these five levels, then you can mm -hmm. see if it's not performing well, then uh, very quickly identify where you need to focus and not just shoot another video exactly what part of the video needs to get fixed because it could have been a great video with a bad title and you don't need to reshoot it just try a different title so Does that makes sense yeah two things that i take away from this well one thank you for giving an overall strategy not just a strategy on video um but the energy thing i just want to comment on that real quick yeah challenge that I see my clients have with video and their fear of getting on video is they, they think they have to be over the top energetic because mm -hmm. they see other people being that way on video. And so they think they have to have this extrovert over the top personality. When I think it's uh, being interesting doesn't equate to necessarily energy level. I don't focus too much on energy that much because what I focus more on is when I coach my clients is that if you have the solution to a frustration that your audience has, that your viewers or your clients have, then, and you go deep into that, it's amazing how fast you can get passionate about what you present. Mm. And there is this dichotomy that happens where you're overly excited you're acting overly excited about something that you're not inwardly excited about. And because there is this mismatch between how you feel internally about it and how you're projecting it, that is, you're going to feel when people watch you, it's going to trigger the part of the brain, the reptilian brain that is going to put you in the same category as an infomercial. Yeah. These pay, you're, they're paid a whole lot of money to look beautiful and to present perfectly and to be scripted and to be energetic about selling something. And what's gonna happen is because you're categorized there, people are gonna be really careful about watching you. They're just like, okay, this guy feels a little too smooth or a little overly excited or something somehow unnatural. Yep. And they're they're gonna have their, their guard up and they're not gonna be listening to you just as if you're a confidant. They're gonna be listening or maybe won't even listen to you because it feels like either you're not really confident in what you're doing because you're overcompensating or uh, like you're going to try to sell them something that they might not want to buy, <laughs> but they might get tricked into buying. And the other uh, takeaway that I have here is on the um, Hilda framework that you actually have a framework. I think a mistake that a lot of people make with video is uh, not frameworking anything, getting on, rambling, repeating themselves two or three times, or scripting the whole thing out. And then mm -hmm. that comes across a little weird, I think, on camera also. Absolutely. Uh, and I do have a training on that inside the free group. Get inside. 
And uh, I also do weekly master classes where I actually, you know, what I do is, you know, I, I get anywhere from sometimes as small as eight people, but you know, 50 to hundred people. And I, I just, just teach this stuff for free. But I, what I do, that's really fun is I ask anyone who's in the audience, I say, look, look do you have a boring business or something that you feel is, is not going to work well on video? I get someone to raise their hand. We work for five minutes, plan out a video using the Hilda format. And everybody can see how easy it is immediately that if you just follow the step-by-step -step approach, you will position yourself as the authority, get people to watch the video and actually respond so that you can start conversations and find out if you're a good fit to work with them. And it works really easy if you just follow the process. You don't need to memorize stuff. That's that's a big mistake. Well, Ken, I, I don't want to be redundant with anything because I'm in your group with you. And so I know that there's a ton of stuff in there. So anything I would ask you now, I think people can find out in the group. So what's that group again for people to go check that out? www.getleadswithvideo.com. And I just want to thank you for showing up. And if you had any last tip to give someone who's never done a video at all. Yeah. What would be your number one or two or three tips that you would give them? So I think that I've, the mistake I see a lot of beginners make is they look on YouTube or Facebook and they see things looking amazing. People who have $50,000 cameras and a crew and lights and the fancy clothes, the vacation location and all that. And here's the thing. They think that to reach that level of success, they should start buying that same gear. They ask, what does this famous person or that famous person use? And they go and buy that gear. And they it's gearing up with, with video stuff is a never-ending black hole. There is no limit to how much you can get. Even in Hollywood, they're dreaming about the next level. And if you want to buy the equipment to shoot video to make money, you've got it the wrong way around. You've got to work on storytelling skills, use this rectangular object that is right next to you right now, or you're watching this right now on it. If it's got a black circle on one side and it's got a little Wi-Fi signal on the other, then you have everything you need to start shooting video to make money. Now, the way it works is this. You work on your storytelling skills. You use either your webcam or your phone, if that's what you have. If you have a better camera, great. Work on storytelling skills, work on structure, work on engaging with the audience. And then when you make money with that, reward yourself with gear. If you, if you make a thousand bucks, take 500 out and go buy a camera. If you make 5,000 bucks, you know, don't put the gear in front of actually getting in front of the camera and starting to market. That's my advice. Do it the other way around. Start marketing, then reward yourself with the fancy gear. This was really great. I appreciate you, Ken, for showing up today on episode 173. Couple of takeaways that I want to just quickly share. Uh, love the idea of being great at storytelling first, then using the the money that you're making from being a great storyteller, then to invest in the gear. So story first, gear second, and then um, I think that that'll be a big takeaway for the, the audience of Daily Show Up. My personal biggest takeaway was that reverse pyramid that you sh shared. So not just a framework of how to be on camera of how to make the video, but the entire structure, how to think from it on how to get the attention with the titles all the way down to now you're making a sale. Really 
appreciate that framework of step-by-step step and then understanding, hey, if you're not getting views, here's the problem. If you're not getting conversions, here's the problem. So love that, that takeaway from it. And just want to remind you that if you want to connect with Ken, if you want to get into that group, like I said, I'm in that group. You can head to getleadswithvideo.com, getleadswithvideo.com. Head into Ken's group and get some more tips and tricks on using video marketing and implementing into your business. Hey, Ken, thanks for showing up. Thanks for showing up. You can listen to more episodes at dailyshowup.com or watch on Facebook or YouTube. If you're a solo real estate agent, get access to our free guide at dailyleadsweeklyappointments.com. And remember, keep showing up.